Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fiscal Frisk. I'm your host, Zach Hunter. As always, intro music is by our amazing friend and talented friend, Chase Drew. He's a great guy who makes better music, so do us all a favor and add his music to your library now. And if you like metal, he's in a metal band now. Yeah, I guess so. He just joined a new band. Road to Elysium. Shout out. We get double shout out. Chase Drew as a single artist and in a band. He's doing it all. Good for him. There we go. Uh, as always in the studio with me today, I have Devin Box. Devin, how are you doing today? Good. Had a good round of golf. Beautiful day out. I love yes. fall weather. It's yeah. nice and cool, but I can still be out in the sun. Just wear a vest. Any weather I can wear a vest is, a, is, is great, you know. We also <laughs> bought leather jackets, so you know and what that means. It's leather jacket season. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> now, we all know finances is important, but you need to be healthy to be at your best. Don't worry, I have your answer of staying healthy, and that answer is to go listen to the Health Science Podcast. Mm -hmm. This is Devin's podcast, new episodes every Thursday, where he explains to you and I the leading research in health science and what that means to us. So go check that out every Thursday on all the same platforms. If you are a new listener, welcome to The Fiscal Frisk. This is a podcast dedicated to taking literature relating to business and finance and frisking it down and making it understandable to everyone. Devin is here to act on behalf of the listeners and to ask questions or seek clarification when needed. Because if Devin is thinking of a question, then chances are you guys might be thinking the same thing too. Now, I'm sorry, these last episodes, I've kind of just been ranting about conversations I've had with people at my bank. Oh, no. Not another. (laughs) There's another. Oh. But I think that these are very (laughs) important and like good episodes because these are actual issues that I'm seeing in the field. And it's a really good way uh, to have topics. Yeah. It's what real people are talking about right now. Yeah. And it kind of has just shown me kind of how much fiscal and monetary like literacy isn't as common as what I think it is. Cause I think a lot of this stuff is pretty self-explanatory or normal, but yeah. it's not always. Um, now today, uh, this is a different topic. It's another conversation that I had with an owner. Uh, again, owners are just what we call customers at my credit union. Now, before I kind of talk about it, Devin, you invest, you use an advisor and what have we been taught the whole time we've been investing? It's summed up obviously with the term of, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Just balance your risk. Balance your risk. Yeah. So diversification is what we call that. And that is what today's topic is on. So this gentleman came into my credit union and he was wanted to talk to an investment rep. And we got talking into investments just because I invest and he wanted to know the type of services that we offer. And obviously I have my full undergrad in finance. So we kind of got into just talking um, about the services we offer. And he really loved diversification. Like he was just like, well, I need to make sure that we, I have all the right things to put my investments in. Like he talked about how he had like a 75 different stock portfolio and I'm just like, okay, that's all cool and everything. But, um, you need to like, there's a thing as called over diversification. So that's what this topic is about. Um, so obviously diversification is when you divvy up, uh, your stocks across a whole bunch of different sectors and he just, and obviously he really liked this and he thought it was crazy. There's no such thing as over diversification. Mm. All right. So what's the idea? Sorry. Let me say my understanding of it to make sure it's right. But when you diversify, let's say I want to buy a stock, you buy one, your performance in the stock market depends on 
one thing. Right. Whether it's stock goes up or down, could make or you break You take on anything. all the risk on that one stock. As in one. I think the law of averages, if you have a bunch of different things, it's less likely that they'll all go down together. Right. So if you have some that go up, some that go down, they balance each other out. So essentially the risk is kind of mitigated a little bit, right. but you can go too much and that's what we'll get into. But is that kind of a, a basic level kind of um, explanation of, of why you would diversify in the first place? Yep. And we talk about that a little bit later. This is just my, like why I'm upset. Okay. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm upset. You know, yeah, These I guys at the a, bank, man. Yeah. These owners. Jeez. Yeah. So the title of today's article uh, that we are going to cover is called The Dangers of Over-Diversifying Your Portfolio. Background, portfolio is just all your investments put together. So if you're investing in bonds, stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, whatever it might be, you if you put all of your investments together, this is just called your portfolio. And it's just another way of calling your investments. It's yep. just a more broader term. Let's start with diversification and why it's important for investments. When we talk about diversifying in a portfolio, it is what we just talked about is the attempt to reduce your exposure, which is what we call risk in like the stock market. You don't want to be exposed by investing in various companies across different sectors, industries, or countries. Now, we know that there is no guarantee that we'll make money just by uh, diversifying. Like It's not like, oh, you buy stocks and everything, you're going to make money. Obviously, that's not true or everyone would do it. But it has been accepted across pretty much the world that it helps a long-term strategy to meet your long-term financial goals. And there's lots of studies that show why why diversification works with very fancy math and algorithms. I'm not here to explain that to you. But um, to put it in short, by spreading investments across various sectors with little to no correlation together, you reduce your price volatility. So what that just means is if you have stocks that have no correlation, which just means they have no actual indication, like connection between the two businesses. Well, one would be like you're investing in Rogers Telecommunications and others in oil. Right. It's like if oil crashes, why would Rogers crash? Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah, they're exactly. not they're related not to each related. other. And that's we, a sector. And we talk a lot about that on our podcast. It's yeah. just about like either causal relationship or anything like that too. Like these are just non-causal. We don't want stuff so separated that yeah, they don't one affect would not each indicate other. the other. And then again, price volatility is how we uh, choose risk in the market. Because you don't want your, like obviously the more volatility you have in your prices, the riskier the stocks become. That's how I mean, and they go up and down. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. And that's not good. You want it to be consistent. Yeah. So, Predictability is yeah, safety. Exactly. <laughs> right. And But there's the thing called of too much safety, which is what we talk about by over-diversifying. 75 stock, man. <laughs> yeah. Just dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, I can see in your eye, you can see this guy's face, and you're like, no, man, that ain't it. Well, he's like 25, too. <laughs> oh, it made no easy. sense to me. Yeah. But okay, we'll talk about this a little <laughs> So this is true because different industries and sectors usually don't move up and down at the same time or rate like we talked about. Uh, obviously, let's take the pandemic for an example. Say you invested just in airlines and toilet paper. By investing in both, uh, even if the airlines company went way down because no one's traveling, by investing in toilet paper, it obviously boomed. So it offset the loss to gain and making it relatively more safe compared to just investing in airlines or toilet paper. 
if you mix your portfolio, you're less likely to experience major drops, which uh, in turn helps provide a more consistent overall portfolio performance, which is very important, especially when you get older because you want consistent. So what we talked about with like Canada's aging demographic is you would want more consistency. And by and we also call this hedging. Um, if you diversify or you hedge your stocks and you have a more consistent turn, um, that actually will help like the economy boost and because you're putting obviously more money in the economy, people trust it and people are making money and it's consistent. Uh, it in turn just like helps the economy overall. Yeah. But obviously disclaimer, this does not always work. No matter how diversified your portfolio is, your risk will never be 0%. Uh, you can reduce the risk associated with like individual stocks in economics. We call this unsystematic risk. But there is just risk that you have in the market when you invest. And this is what we call systematic risk. That So this just means that it affects every stock and there's no amount of diversification that can prevent it. Yeah, it's kind of a, a basal base level of, of risk that you just have to take right. regardless. Yeah, because, you know, um, inflation, interest rates, all that type of stuff. It doesn't matter what sector. It doesn't matter if it's correlated or not. Like They're there's just equally things equally changed. playing fields. Yeah. And now we just talked about uh, systematic versus unsystematic risk. And I talked about how we can diversify unsystematic risk and make it close to zero. Uh, so we're going to talk about that now. And it's important to note that risk, like I met, uh, mentioned earlier, it's usually measured by volatility levels. And this makes sense because the more vol volatile a stock or investment is, the more risk that you are taking on. We call this in stats a concept of standard deviation. And we use this to measure price volatility. And you might hear talk of, like people actually like volatile markets because it means that you can make more money in it. You know, like those penny stock guys or those Forex trader dudes that are just like, yeah. we love volatile markets, man. That's where you make all the money, right? Day traders. Yeah. Yeah. But there are people that never hold stocks overnight. They yeah. buy and sell within the same day because the stuff they're dealing with is just whack. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I know. But so when they talk about volatile markets, it just all means the same thing. But the more sharply a stock or a portfolio moves within a period of time, the riskier that asset becomes. Again, this is what we call standard deviation. And that's how investors choose risk. And it's up or down either. Because like yeah. a, a stock can go up really fast and still be volatile. Yeah. Right, because that also means it could go down just as equally quick. as much. Right, so this is just the the movement that this the yeah. price of the stock gets. Well, and then that was the whole thing with uh, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. Right, is they become Great, so volatile, volatile because like you would have all these really big companies and like they would come up and uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies they're only valued of what you think they're actually worth. So one Bitcoin could be worth $1,000 and then it went up to $10,000 down to $5,000. Bubble. So you just... We learned that on early episodes. There we go. Don't get into the bubble. There Don't we go. Don't want the bubble. <laughs> Think outside the bubble. Yeah. And so that's pretty much what, uh, how you do, uh, like use standard deviation for volatile markets. Now there's a lots of math behind this next part. So I'll try to explain as best as I can, but I'm going to leave a lot of it out and just like present kind of what they came up um, like from this study. So there's this theory called the modern portfolio theory, which states that investors can come close to achieving optimal diversity 
So this is to diversify unsystematic risk. This is like to only have the systematic risk associated when you're investing. And what they found was that um, after adding the 20th stock to your portfolio, that is when you maximize your um, like your risk, like you minimize your risk to the most optimal point, hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Like, and there's so many different parts of it now because obviously we have different forms of investing now, like ETFs, mutual funds, which like if you hold those, uh, they hold like a, a wide, way more wide range of like companies um, than like just individual stocks. Like this is just talking strictly from a stock standpoint of holding 20 stocks. Um, I thought that was just important to note too. Well, there are like investment funds. So one yeah. thing I do is investment funds have a group right. already built into them. And then there's like a fund manager that oversees them. So they might have something similar, might have something not in similar. There are kind of different types. And I know yeah. funds are a very popular thing that a lot of people are doing now that, yep. that group them together as well. And you can choose um, like your level of exposure or risk that you want, right? Like you can choose a more volatile market or you can choose a more safer market. And you're kind again, of investing in bunches. Yeah. Right. When you have a fund, it's like you're investing in all the things that are within that fund. So and you're almost fund kind of diversifying within, within itself. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 inherently safe, but it's exactly. more optimal because you're not over diversifying and you're not under diversifying. Right. There's somebody that manages those two. Yeah. Well, that's an option for people listening. There you go. So twenty stocks, that's what optimal. And it was concluded that the average standard deviation, so your risk for a single or for a single stock portfolio was 49.2%. So that's almost like, you know, that's a 50/50 shot of either it's going to go up or down. That's your risk exposure, that's including systematic and unsystematic it's risk when you come out. Okay. While increasing the number of stocks that had no correlation to the previous stock, you can reduce the portfolio's risk standard deviation to just 19.2%. So less than half. that's way less than the 49.2%. Yeah. And so what we can conclude from this is that the market risk, so your systematic risk would be that 19.2% by most isolated systematic. Isolated yeah. Yeah. And then, so what this means is, is what they found in a portfolio of 20 stocks or more um, by adding to 20 to a thousand they were only able to reduce the portfolio by 2.5 more percent of risk. Between 20 and all the way to 1,000. So after yeah. that point, it just falls off a cliff. Yeah, and we were nothing. just talking about this right before we recorded the podcast. And what what type of graph do we call that? Oh, it's, um God, what is it, an asymptote? Yeah, no, where it asymptote. approaches the yeah, line. Yeah, approaches the line, but it just never looks actually flat. Yeah, so it's just <laughs> coming and going. But yeah, so I thought that was really cool. Is like it, once you reach the, so you reduce the risk by 22% almost by when you get to 22 stocks. Mm -hmm. And then once you go below that and you say you get like the 21st, 22nd, all the way to a thousand. So like there was no difference from buddy holding 20 stocks to 75 stocks. There's you're um, only reducing his confidence your, got bigger. There you go. His head got bigger. <laughs> Just walk into a bank, tell people how to invest. Yeah, pretty much. Dude, you asked for the investing guy. Why yeah. are you giving me advice? I'm just a teller. He doesn't. You're just care a teller. That's see, know your place, Zach. I know. I'm sorry. You so, and your degree. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously, um, meaning that it's only beneficial to adding more stocks up to twenty percent, uh, or sorry, twenty stocks, and then after that, it does not help by diversifying more, and it does not reduce your risk. Um, 
again, disclaimer, I'm not saying go to your portfolio and just only add 20 stocks that are not correlated together and you will get your best or optimal return. This is not what we're saying. Uh, this is just a study and I just wanted to show you um, what, how you can get rid of your unsystematic risk without diversifying the hell out of your portfolio. We'd say that's the minimum. Like if yeah. there was a point to aim for 20 or more stocks, right? 75 is a little excessive. Yeah. Right. But and that's the no point is if you understand you just have to get to that 20 mark would probably be yeah. wise. And that'd be kind of the safe area that you well, want to and operate again, in. People don't really understand like how expensive it is to actually hold or trade stocks. So like if you have to say you're putting more money into those 20 stocks compared to when you buy 75 stocks, like you have trading fees for every time you buy and sell stock. So just think about it either from a cost benefit. And it's for not like, like you buy a group of one stock. There's yeah. a, there's a trading fee for that. Exactly. Yeah, 75 different ones. Yeah. Right. So then if you're trading, <laughs> like, you know, the average one, it's like 10 bucks per buying or selling a stock. And then plus you have your fund manager or like those people are taking their MER, which is like their ratios that they're taking from like how well the stock does too. You're losing technically a lot of like the stock would actually have to increase dramatically a lot more for you to even reach that money and this is not even to take into account systematic risk which again like if you can make your risk go from 49 percent to 20 percent is really decreasing your risk and it's actually really good but 20 percent chance is still a very high risk in investing when we're talking about like this is your pension this is like your next house this is like something that like you would actually yeah. need the money for right and i can i can i could see this individual that came into your bank maybe wondering why why he had essentially the same risk. Like if you ever looked at his portfolio and said, you know, mm -hmm. what risk am I taking on here? And it looked exactly the same as it was for someone who's at 20. Right. Right. You'd be like, well, why is there no difference here? And I guess the numbers here would, would kind of show that. Right. Yeah. And obviously um, the author does like a good way of kind of concluding this. And he said like the bottom line when it comes to uh, diversification is that it's like ice cream. It's good, but only in moderation. Yep. Uh, we'll end this on a Warren Buffett quote. I really like this and I thought it was kind of funny was why diversification is only required when investors do not understand what they are doing. And I thought that was actually a, again, this guy comes in, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He probably watched one video on YouTube about how to create good returns. And then he's holding a 75 stock portfolio now and he's paying out his ass for fees and like all of that. So I'm just glad like this quote just kind of sums up what I was trying to explain to this guy is that if you diversify too much in the end, you might not lose much, but you won't gain much either. Yeah. So as someone like Warren Buffett, you know, the adding, adding stocks to your portfolio is, is to cut, you're playing the numbers game. There's no strategy to it. Yeah. Right. With someone like Warren Buffett, who knows this stuff. He said that's for people who don't know what they're doing because it's it's just the safest kind of yeah it's, it's what and it's what we've Whereas learned. He can strategize yeah. and he knows what markets are going to do because of his experience exactly. and connections and and whatnot. But yeah, the and again dude at the bank, you should send yeah. that quote to him. And I'm not and I'm not saying like and I don't want to make it seem like I'm like oh just short Tesla and or like do whatever. Like I'm not saying that. Like you should have a diversified portfolio. It's just you should know how diversified it is and why you're diversifying. You should be actually able to go to whoever your financial advisor is or whatever it might be and be like, why am I in six high risk volatile markets 
and then two, not one, like, you know what I mean? Like you should be able to ask those questions and kind of understand because if you're taking on more risk, like I'm not like, it's okay to take on some risk. If that, if you're okay with taking more risk, like we're young, it's fine for us to take on more risk. Yeah. But like, if you're like a 70, 72 year old person where this is your daily income, um, you're not going to want to take on so much risk. So you'd want your portfolio more diversified because you're not trying to make a like crap ton of money. You're just trying to make yeah. a little bit and then use that as income. So I'm not crapping on diversify like do it, but not not but like, like Libra again, buddy in moderation. Yeah, and again, it's just a really good thing. Is just like uh, 20 stocks. Like that's actually doable, and like that's actually like a a good thing. So I I didn't even know what the magic number was kind of going in. So it's cool that they actually did a study and found like the mathematics behind it. Um, so I think that's a good place to end. Devin, do you have any final comments or questions? No, I think you should print that on a t-shirt though. Start wearing it to work. Just wear it to work and just see just a conversation piece. Yeah. yeah. Just invest in 20 stocks and then that's it. That's I mean, you're doing just... what's best for the people, right? Like he might be a little, what the heck are you talking about? But he'll come around. There we go. It'll be good for him. Well, it's funny because uh, I was talking to one of my buddies who works in a more rural uh, place and just like what they what they have people like investing in stuff. It's just it's wild what people will come in and think. Right. Like they'll just oh, go in and different you know, worlds, man. Yeah. Different worlds. <laughs> I just want GICs. And then it's just like, you know, like how crap everything is about that right now. And like you can. <laughs> Like, well, that's what my parents did. So whatever. As I digress. Uh, <laughs> do you guys like these uh, episode styles? Let me know by contacting me. We always leave our email in the description. If you have any questions or topics that you want me to cover in the future, reference in the description. If you want to go read all of that fancy math behind the theories and why you should have 20 stocks in your portfolio. As always, shout out to Chase Drew. Go listen to his music. New band if you like more metal stuff. And go listen to Devin's podcast every Thursday. Health Science Podcast. Go give my guys some views. Goodbye, everyone. And thanks for listening to another episode of The Fiscal Frisk.